meow to a free bean salad presents <laughs> the 365 days of salad, give or take a couple weeks. Uh, <laughs> Some, yeah. yeah. The, the free bean salad presents the however many days it is until we reach 52 episodes yeah. of this particular series. Uh, <laughs> a, a freestyle salad. <laughs> uh, it, this is a this is a free bean scatlud. Skibidi boop bop beat up. You got any hand sanitizer? I don't think I do. Okay. Uh, that's it. It's it's COVID's over. It's dead. We killed it. It's over. We got vaccinated. Now it's fine. Yes, everyone definitely got vaccinated. Everyone globally definitely got vaccinated. Everyone. Uh, 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 moving on. Uh, <laughs> so this week we watched. Uh, a film that it goes by two different names. Uh, its official name is Short Subject, but it's more commonly known colloquially as Mickey Mouse in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, d- is this your first time watching it, Jack? Funnily enough, it's it's not. No, we watched it together, didn't we? Yeah. We watched it together previously, and we watched it together again this time. We watched the shortened version uh, this time, an alternate cut without the uh, opening or closing title cards, with a different soundtrack. Mm. Uh, it, we watched the version dubbed with uh, System of a Down Soldier Side. Which, uh, yeah, well, the, the thing is, this this short was considered lost, as I'm sure we've mentioned uh, before, perhaps. I don't know, I don't think we've discussed it before, but it was considered lost for many years. And then suddenly one day a version got uploaded to YouTube, which was the version we watched with Soldier Side. And it wasn't until a few years later that the full version was then uploaded. Uh, so this is how sir, this how I was introduced to the short, and it's it's the version that most sticks out in my mind more so than the actual original version. Uh, so what did you think of short subject feet uh, soldier side? Well, um, as a hater of the mouse, <laughs> I was uh, apprehensive going into this short, but as Mickey Mouse specifically, or just m- mice in general. Mickey, <laughs> Mimkey Mounds. Um, but as a long-time uh, new metal fan and long-time uh, big big fan of System of a Down, I had a pretty good time. Uh, the music fits probably better <laughs> than it should. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how to feel about it, but uh, yeah. And then you know, just because we thought maybe we won't have enough to fill an hour with a 55 second short. Uh, we also watched Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, we just stuck it on. Just, just... you know, for just a bit of light entertainment. Uh, boy, oh boy, this is one of the, I think it's fair to say, heavy hitters of shocking and disturbing cinema. It's, it's... one of the famous yeah, ones. Yeah, it is one of the, the big guys, for sure. Yeah. Uh, this is, I, uh, our ratings are similar. You didn't give it a 5 out of 10 this week. No. You gave it a, you gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, not 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 my signature rating. I, I had it at an 8 out of 10 before this. I, I've since taken it down to a 7. Uh, so our ratings are very close. Very close. And despite our ratings not being identical, I feel like this may be one of the films we agree on the most this De- year. Most certainly. I feel like we're going to like a lot of the same things and utterly detest all of the same things. Yeah, for sure. So... Um... Uh, I didn't take. I don't think either of us took any notes while watching it, but I've definitely. No, I forgot my notebook. But I've 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 seen this film plenty of times, more times than perhaps people should, uh, and I I know 
enough about it off the top of my head that I feel like I can facilitate something of a discussion. Yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, it's it's one of those uh, movies, I feel, that, like, anyone who's kind of into, we'll say, fringe cinema knows a thing or two about it, even if they haven't seen it. I mean, that's definitely how I was going mm-hmm. into it. I was like, I've... Every everyone's heard some things. Everyone's heard of Hannibal Holocaust. Hannibal Holocaust. <laughs> oh God! Everyone isn't heard... that a isn't that a film of Anthony Hopkins and Jodie yeah. Foster? <laughs> uh, Incidentally, a... also about cannibalism. I so. have a headache. Um, yeah, it's one of the. It's everyone knows something about Cannibal Holocaust. They've either got like, you know, they've watched fucking Watch Mojo lists where it's featured. They have a friend who has an older brother who's seen like the the extra uncut version or which is some, what we watched yeah, yeah. because um, it, you know that i i want to get the trigger warnings out of the way as early as possible oh God, because yeah. there are some heavy hitters yeah. uh this film this, the uncut version of the film which is what we watched features genuine animal cruelty mm-hmm. uh lots of animals are legitimately killed in front of the cameras some in quick and painless albeit still hor- horrible ways and at least one in a definitely not quick and definitely no. not painless way. Uh, uh, there, there, there's obviously going to be cannibalism. There's, there's plenty of talk of death and murder and yeah. stuff. Sexual uh, assault. Lots of sexual violence uh, in various different forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a heavy film and also yeah. a lot of there's i mean gotta be talk of like racism and imperialism and stuff like that but very timely weirdly yeah but the film thankfully te- at least in its text tries to portray that as uh, you know in a negative light albeit to mixed and somewhat hypocritical results but we yeah. will get we will get into that yeah. uh, there's there's a lot to lot to get into uh, but yeah, there are uh, there are generally two main versions of the film, depending on where you live. Like in the UK, there's a version that is mostly uncut, except for one of the animal deaths, which is thankfully cut. Uh, the the director of the film has since clarified that he would have rather made the film without the animal deaths. Yeah. In hindsight, I believe I, I read a direct quote uh, just yesterday, which was. Uh, I I was a fool. It was fucking stupid to get animals involved. Something yeah. to that effect. Uh, and so most versions of the film you can find on home video have uh, a version with the cruelty removed. I I know the UK Blu-ray from Shameless has a new director's re-edit, uh, which has I'm pretty sure all the cruelty removed. The Blu-ray we watched for the which is from Grindhouse releasing in the United States, has the full uncut version and a version with all the animal cruelty cut out. And I will say, when I watch the film just casually, you know, as you do with a film <laughs> like this, uh, I, I treat myself to the cruelty-free version, but unfortunately Jack decided, uh, well, I decided on Jack's behalf earlier this year, uh, that we would, for any film we watch, uh, strive to watch wherever legally possible the uncut versions. Uh, and... Uh, so yeah, we we watched the full uncut version. I have to say, it was very selfish of you to decide that, Jack. Uh, well, <laughs> it was selfish of me to have that decided. Yeah, for on you. my behalf. Yeah, exactly. By someone else. Because honestly, the the animal cruelty is is 
I mean, it's the it's the hardest thing to excuse in this film, but we are getting uh, way ahead of ourselves. We haven't even done a synopsis yet. No, so, but before the synopsis is the obvious yes or no, do we recommend people see this? No. No, I think it's a flat no from me. I think, you know, what I said in my review was, and this is very much how I feel about the film, it gets its point across perfectly fine, maybe even very well, but it is sickening like it and it you know obviously there's the whole subject of it falling uh folly to its own uh uh you know falling to the falling to hypocrisy i guess yes. it, it very much like carries out so many of the things that it's criticizing for real yes and, and, and like the more that i've thought about it over the last two days i'm like oh my god they are guilty of literally every single thing that the film is uh, criticizing. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a difficult film to either recommend or not recommend. I think that a lot of it is very well made, and like you say, I think it gets its point across very well, but it is very hypocritical in its messaging. And aside from that, just not a very pleasant film. No. There's, it's a film I would recommend with trepidation to a certain sect of person but for the general populace i would say it's not essential viewing you'll be fine not having seen it yeah and i will say even to that small sect of people who think that you know be it people that just want to see fucked up films or people who think that hey the message here sounds interesting i want to see how they do it or people that are just looking at it from a film history perspective, do yourself a favor and watch the Animal Cruelty Free version. You will not be missing anything of note or worth. No. Uh, but the synopsis. Uh, so, the film is split more or less into two halves. The first half follows Professor Monroe. Uh, played by, oh balls! I've forgotten his real name. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you've got your uh, copy of. Uh, I don't Dallas. I, I don't somewhere. own Debbie Does <laughs> Dallas. I think that film fucking sucks. Give me two seconds. Uh, uh, I'll get up the the letterbox so we can have cast members. Yes, to hand. please. Uh, Robert Kerman. Robert Ker. Of course, it's Robert Kerman. I know. I know him better by his por- nom de porn, which is uh, Bola. Uh, he's a he's a quite talented actor who unfortunately was just kind of typecast into pornographic roles and never really got his break. Uh, but I do think he's quite good in this. He's an anthropologist who is sent to the Amazon to try and locate a group of filmmakers that went out there to film a documentary and were never heard from again. Uh, he very quickly finds that they are dead. Uh, but their film cans are still there, and he manages to convince the tribal people uh, to let him take the film cans back to civilization, uh, which then takes up the second half of the film, which is them viewing the footage and basically seeing that these filmmakers are a bunch of exploitative assholes who are trying to create drama where there is none, are basically not filming a documentary, but essentially making... A, a work of fiction, essentially. It's, mm. it's you know, they, they just go in there and they're like, hey, we need extraordinary footage, so let's go burn down their village and try and stoke tensions between these two tribes. And 
uh, it turns out that like burning down a village and killing various tribesmen is a very good way to get those tribespeople to fucking kill you. Uh, and yeah. basically the whole second half of the film is the people for the television studio that they're working for going, hey, we should edit this into like a, a full feature documentary and air it. And Robert Kerman's character going, no, this is fucking evil. Uh, and basically by the time they get to the end of it, they just say, yeah, burn all of the footage. Uh, and that's that's more or less it. Uh, yeah. And then it turns out the projectionist uh, got a suspended sentence and I think it's a $15,000 fine for uh, selling the footage, but received over $150,000 for selling the footage. And it's it's a whole thing of oh look at that the the being horrible is more profitable than the fucking c crime you know crime <laughs> yeah it's it's anyway where to fucking start with an actual discussion of this film um. How how were you introduced to to this film? Do you do you have any recollection? Oh, it was it uh, no specific recollection. It, and I'm sure it was no one place. It was almost certainly just because I was an idiot kid, probably far too young, uh, browsing like most fucked up <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I I think I first saw it. Oh God, I don't know in my in my teen years certainly, but I would say probably early teens. Uh, to my to my shame but uh yeah i i was introduced to it like pretty much the same way as everyone else and i'll be honest for a lot of my viewings of it because i was a idiot teenager i was just like man this is a really fucked up movie it's <laughs> it's really fucked up and i didn't really look for any deeper meaning <laughs> it's only in recent years that i've been like oh yeah what's the film actually trying to say oh it's <laughs> saying shit about imperialism bad and sensationalist uh, news that distorts the facts is also bad. Uh, and, you know, people that uh, exploit real, uh, say, say exploit real indigenous people mm. and uh, people who, like, you know, kill animals for shock value, it's saying that those are bad. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... I, th I think I'm, I'm seeing this unfold right before my very eyes. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a tough one. There are genuine sequences in this that I would say it's, it's tricky because I I tend to rate films highly if they skillfully manipulate my emotions, but I don't think that a lot of this is down to skill. No, I think killing this is... a muskrat in front it's actually not a muskrat. No, they call it that in the film. Kawadi or something like that. Yeah, but killing that very slowly and violently in front of my eyes and making me watch every detail and not faking it, doing it for real. Mm -hmm. That is not skillful. That is just going, hey, want to see something fucked up? Mm. You know, it's... it's yeah, it's, it's, that's very, like, I don't know, a very primal thing to, to look away from, I think. It's a, a, like a very... Yeah, like you say, it's not skillful. It's just like, the, hmm, here are things that humans don't like. Let's just show it. Let's yeah. just do it for real and show show it on screen. Which is one thing. It's 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 you know it's never acceptable, but especially hypocritical when you're making a film basically saying this is why that's bad. Yeah. Uh, and then actually doing it, which I guess do as I say, not as I do. But it's 
it's it's a tough one, and you know, I've I've seen various comments saying that despite being nominally sympathetic to them, the film still has some racist attitudes towards yeah, the natives, which sure. it absolutely does. Uh, you know, like like you said earlier, there's a lot of sexual violence, and it is not entirely, admittedly, but mostly uh, from uh, you know committed by the indigenous people. Uh, and, you know, like, it's st the film, you know, tries to be sympathetic towards them. Nominally, it's definitely not sympathetic to the fucking imperialist white people who come no. in and start burning shit. No. But it's, it's, I uh, know, it still definitely has some unsavory attitudes. And depending on who you ask, uh, the director was uh, arguably not, much not not all that great on set there's a lot of yeah. testimony from robert kerman and the actor who plays alan the lead director of the mm -hmm. in-film documentary crew a lot of testimony from them that makes the shoot sound utterly fucking yeah. abhorrent which is a, i'm gonna be honest that was reading through that was a big factor in going i'm taking <clears throat> my rating down yeah like even, um i noticed the testimony from or maybe it wasn't from her, maybe it came from Kerman or the guy who played Alan, but uh, I do know there was a lot of iffy stuff with the the lady who played Faye, mm. who was the female member of the documentary crew, and just like, in particular, that scene where her and Alan have sex in front of the whole tribe after burning down yeah. significant chunks of their village. Um, she wasn't comfortable being topless for that, refused to go along with it was then pulled aside like physically pulled aside by the director screamed at in Italian uh, uh, basically told you're doing the fucking scene or you're not getting paid kind of shit and then there's also loads of stuff about the, the whole cast having issues with like being paid and like yeah uh, lots and lots of stuff but um, so, like I know um, I think it's a direct co quote from uh, Robert Kerman where he said that uh, Ruggiero Diodato, he didn't think he had a soul, which uh, wow, is a, is that a is a cut. That is wow. Whereas Diodato has said in interviews, "Oh, me and Kerman got into scraps on set, but we were always friendly." Minutes later, <laughs> uh, and who, who to believe? Yeah. Uh, do I believe? <laughs> do I believe the actor who may have been at the? receiving end of some terrible stuff or do I believe the director who genuinely uh, kept like groups of indigenous people behind flaming walls uh, against their will for the sake of a shot uh, I'm sure they got paid well for that though uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh you would think so budgie <laughs> but anyway but anyway back to uh, back to the film about why uh, like film crews who exploit indigenous people and uh, do shocking things just for the sake of sensationalism uh, is bad. It's it's so difficult because I agree with the film's message pretty much entirely and it is very good at getting its message across yeah. but it's mostly very good by legitimately showing it and having me go yep that's horrible yeah yeah it's yeah so it's such a difficult film to entirely defend or entirely criticize like there are obviously points in it that i will just point out and go that is unex unexcusable the animal cruelty is not excusable no. the uh, you know it's but it, it, there are moments of legitimate like artistic 
greatness in there that that makes it all the more frustrating that this could have been genuinely amazing yeah yeah it really could have it's but, I, you know a lot of at the same time a lot of people will you know say that Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo is one of the greatest films ever made and that didn't treat its indigenous extras much better than this <laughs> I mean, I don't think any natives died on the set of Cannibal Holocaust. No, I mean, not yeah, not that I've read about, anyways, or heard about. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, well, I'm starting to. I think it's. I mean, it's almost certainly a bit of snobbishness. You know, Herzog is this great artistic oh, director. For sure. Oh, for sure. Diodato, some Italian cannibal film. Yeah, exactly. No, that's yeah, uh, there. Totally know. is an element of elitism at play there and what everyone's missing is that it is possible to say hey I I don't I like this film despite everything but I'm still going to acknowledge the things that are bad and not hand wave them and that's fine and it is also fine to say hey the things that are bad about the behind the scenes of this make me not like this yeah. film. You know what? Both of those are fine. Both of those are okay things to what, say. What isn't okay is to say uh, I like this film, and fuck you if you think the behind-the-scenes <laughs> stuff ruins it. That's that's not on. That's just so shitty. <laughs> you know what? I think Cannibal Holocaust is a pretty well-made film that is very shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good film that I hate. <laughs> yeah, terrible film. think it did a great job. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one guess. As to who introduced me to this film. Oh, fuck, there's... Uh, Josephine? Correct, Amanda. Yes! It was Josephine. Of you, course it was. I who forced you to watch the turtle scene. Yeah. And went, look at how <laughs> fucked up this is. I don't even know if it got that far, but Josephine was... Oh, very... you actually watched some of it? Uh, no. Oh. No, 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 I didn't actually... No, that's what I'm saying. Josephine just would... Constantly talk about. It. I don't even know if Josephine has seen this movie. Ah, uh, yeah. But Josephine's most certainly seen parts of this movie and was very adamant that we should totally sit down and watch it. Sounds so fucked up. I was like, eh. Yeah, big <laughs> memories of uh, being in primary school and having one of my schoolmates say, "Yeah, I've totally seen the Saw movies." And me going, "What are they about?" And they go, "Well, it's about like this guy who's like super deformed and he's got like uh, he's got like circles on his cheeks and me." <laughs> And that's just that's just the Billy puppet, <laughs> and me watching them years later, going, they were sh- they were bullshitting. <laughs> they were lying. <laughs> Those bastards. <laughs> the super deformed guy. <laughs> that's hilarious. They're like, uh, well, I'm sure that's a person. I'm sure it's meant to be a person in universe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh uh, dear. Uh, shout out to Josephine. Shout out to all the Josephines in our lives. Yeah, we all have one. <laughs> we've all got a Josephine. Um, oh, God. Um, I feel like possibly... Uh, yeah, no, this, this movie, I think overall I feel frustration because I'm like, you're so right. These are terrible things. Stop doing them. <laughs> and like the, yeah. the one scene that kind of I feel really... Like, I don't know, has the film looking itself in the mirror uh, is in the latter half of the film where we're seeing the footage shot while the film crew are, uh, are, are out filming. And it's the impaled woman uh, uh, scene. Uh, admittedly, 
great special effects. Fantastic. One of the one of the least problematic things in this yeah. film. Genuinely fantastic effect and very like simply done as well. Yeah. All on the ground with a bicycle seat on it, bit of balsa wood hanging in the mouth. That's it. Done. Um but it's that bit where, you know, they all run up excitedly to this impaled woman. Yeah, and you see Alan grinning and then they go watch it, Alan, we're filming. That's it. It's that exact moment. I'm like, that's the, I think that's the best fucking part of the film. It's like those few seconds totally encapsulate what the film's about, what it's trying to say. But then the rest of the film happens around it and that totally falls apart. Because <laughs> they're really doing these things. I've seen some people in plot synopses that they've written of this film uh, imply that the girl was impaled by Alan and the film crew for the sake of the film. Even though I don't think that that's ever implied in the film. No, I can't think of when that would have been implied at all. I suppose, given what we've seen them do, it's not out of the question. It's not implausible. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any point in the film where it is ex- explicitly implied that that's, that's what's going on. I read a review on Letterboxd by a noted Letterboxd reviewer, Sally Jane Black, yes. who has written several reviews about this film. Yes, I think three total, possibly. Maybe even more. I think the the one where they gave it a rating was uh, was a 7 out of 10. Uh, yes. And, yeah, same, same thing I got at. And they, basically, all of the same views that I encompass, basically, the behind-the-scenes are shitty, and the film is hypocritical and shitty, but also somehow brilliant in its execution uh and i think to quote the review is what was it it was the film's title comes to fruition because the film seems to quite literally devour itself with its own message which is beautiful that is beautiful damn Damn, damn. Guys, is this... Alright, 10 out of 10. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's 5 brilliant. out of 10. It's perfect. 5 out of 10. <laughs> My highest score. I'm giving this 10 okays. Uh, God. Yeah. yeah, I definitely... Uh, yeah, I felt legitimately nauseous after watching this movie. Um, what was your least favourite animal death? Oh, it's so hard to choose. They're uh, all pretty abhorrent. Th- yeah, I know uh, from doing some reading as well, there were... Uh, oh, actors the- who objected to it. Yeah, there were actors that objected to it. I think uh, Alan was originally... The actor playing Alan was originally meant to shoot that pig, but he walked it to the film set, and by the time he got to the film set, refused to do it. Doesn't he shoot it, though? Is it, no, was, I think oh, it's one it? of the other characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah it was, I was trying to remember. I read the exact same thing, that, like, yeah, he had to bring it to the set, formed a bond with it, and was actually meant to give like some sort of monologue after the pig gets shot, yeah. but uh, completely fell apart emotionally after seeing this fucking poor, like innocent animal getting fucking executed in front of him, and so mm. and they couldn't reshoot because they only had the one pig. Um, however, I do know they did have to reshoot one of the uh, other animal deaths. Oh, goody! Yeah. Uh, the spider monkey. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, so there was two spider monkeys. Couldn't get it in one take? Nope. 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 So, two spider monkeys uh, decapitated? Is that... Or, I mean, not even so, but it's... Head, definitely. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can have a favourite animal. Least favourite. Oh, least favourite. 
I think... I mean, it's between one of two for most people. Yeah, and I think I fall into Camp Turtle. Camp Turtle? That's interesting. The Turtle, you know... The turtle is the one everyone talks about. Mm. It's the one you hear about this. Like I think the top review of this film is Sally Jane Black, and the review just yeah. says, "Dear turtles, I apologize on behalf of the human race." Uh, and so, and it is, it is memorable for going on way too fucking oh, yeah. long. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, it goes on for minutes. Yeah. You know, the turtle is, uh, at the very least, killed apparently quick and painlessly. They do just immediately chop its head off, but then they crack open its shell and oh. pull out its innards, and it is. Horrible. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I'm on Team Muskrat. And that's I. I totally get that. Um, just it's, it's it's not quick. It's not painless, and it just screams and screams and won't fucking die. Yeah. And it's it bothers me. That's and that's totally fair. I think for me, um, and uh, and I think mate, like at least in the Western world, uh, people are used to seeing uh, mammals dying. Hmm. Uh, amphibious creatures slash reptiles, different story. And I think you know it's like, I don't know. I think the fact as well that like obviously turtles don't have skeletons in the same way that no. other animals do. It's like their shell kind of is that, and there's something very very disturbing about seeing that get pried open. Is uh, not good. Like, no. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, obviously the problem with decapitations as well. Uh, a lot of nerve endings are still active, and so there is a lot of movement. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm Team Turtle for least favourite animal death, although, shout out to the pig. Shout out to all of the brave animals uh, that <laughs> didn't deserve to die for the sake of entertainment yeah. in scare quotes uh, yeah don't kill animals for your fucking movie yeah. uh, I mean you know there, uh, I say that Apocalypse Now and Wake and Fright are both 10 out of 10s on my all time favourites <laughs> list uh, in Apocalypse Now I will give them some leeway as that was genuinely that wasn't for the film that was an, a ceremony amongst indigenous people that they just happened to film uh, and in Wake and Fright, licensed kangaroo call by licensed hunters that legitimately would have gone on even longer if it weren't for the film crew. Yeah, staging a staging power, a power cut because the hunters kept getting drunk and started to miss. Oh god. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, all animal welfare associations that saw that by all accounts said, "No, you're not showing enough. You need to show how horrible this is." Yeah. Uh, and it is. <laughs> it it's not Taint Pleasant. Fantastic film, by the way. This is like the second episode in a row where I've talked about how great Wake and Fright is. Uh, it is a brilliant film. It's basically like Straw Dogs, but good. <laughs> I th- I've jeez, I wouldn't have even put it in the same camp as Straw Dogs. You weirdly. literally did the episode we talked about Straw Dogs. Did I? You basically said Straw Dogs is just Wake and Fright, but worse. Yeah. Uh, well. In the sense that it's stranger comes to a you know a community uh, a rural so. community and you know ends up essentially going into the heart of darkness. Yeah, I get, yeah. I suppose in my head, um, oh no, but yeah, I, I guess in my head, Straw Dogs is like exclusively a toxic masculinity film, whereas my first thought with Wake and Fright is alcoholism, but then also 
toxic masculinity is tacked alcoholism and the toxic masculinity that leads to that and that it causes yeah yeah uh yeah there's very few women in the film and they all basically exist uh, you know, alongside the men but not in an egalitarian sense uh no. it's it's a it's a grim film uh, go go watch go watch Wicked Fright. <laughs> but anyway, uh, fantastic film made me sick to my stomach. Yeah, as as it should. Uh, but anyway, getting off the subject of grim films and back to this week's film, uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, I mean, it, you know, influential, arguably the first found footage film ever made. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the whole the, yeah, I mean, the whole found footage thing is executed fantastically, and it, again, yeah. it. It works. Uh, I mean, there are a few moments that I are am iffy about. Like, obviously, there's bits where like they're yeah the the projectionist is explaining like there's no sound in this bit. They must have forgotten to use their microphones and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it's like you know, that that seems kind of unnecessary and tacked on now. But obviously, you know, uh, being the first film to do this sort of thing, mm. it would you know they before, have to explain yeah, that exactly. You need to be need to be the first for something. And then there's a bit where the projectionist says, "I've spliced some music onto it just to give it some atmosphere," and oh then and there is you know which I feel is unnecessary. I feel that we as an audience, you know, especially if the music is done well, which this music is, I should say, amazing. Yeah, genuinely really the best part soundtrack. of the film. Go listen to the soundtrack a hundred times before watching the film. Uh, but. You know, if the music's good enough, that's the whole thing with film music. You shouldn't notice it, and yeah. most of the time, uh, I I I don't. But the fact that they explicitly mention it means that you know, it, even subconsciously, my brain is you know aware when there's music happening, and there's music that happens when we see the footage of the film crew being brutally murdered, and I'm just like, the projectionist thought that that was acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I get that he's meant to be like a sleazy dude, and you know, this is meant to be like a sleazy television production company, but. It, it, it even then this seems you know it seems a bit much <laughs> yeah oh god but, oh god oh god but you know amazing soundtrack yeah fantastic soundtrack um uh yeah i love euphoria yeah <laughs> Oh god, there's gonna be a generation of people who aren't gonna have a Josephine, but they're gonna go. How did you get introduced to Cannibal Holocaust? Well, I was watching Euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we're so old. Uh, having um, <laughs> having uh, now watched uh, Cannibal Holocaust, though, I um, I think it thematically very similar. Exactly. I'm like, wow, that that was the perfect fucking music choice for those. Well, I guess the type. T- uh, it's at the tail end of that two-parter, right? I think it's the first half of the two-parter. Yeah, that's right. So you're, you're absolutely dead right. Uh, yeah, it works perfectly. Stupendous job. Yeah, it makes sense. Something about artists, uh, you know, exploiting real people and being sensational. I don't know. The uh, adult watching <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> Is this play about us? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... It's a frustrating film. Its message is valid. It's not told in a valid way, but it's also told quite well. This it's a it's, it's a phrase I have I'm sure uh, incited a lot of times uh, th- this season is cognitive dissonance. Yeah, you know a Nazi enjoying jazz music. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's and cognitive dissonance i think is something that in a film can be very powerful because it is just overtly uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, you know having something and being like i want to see something happen you know i think this is what should happen but it goes against my core beliefs you know i think i invoked it in hard candy where i was going like this is kind of you know, yeah. what, this is how this story should probably go, but also it goes against what I, as a human being, fundamentally believe uh, about crime and punishment. Uh, namely, don't kill sick people, send them to doctors, not executioners. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's a whole other kettle of fish. Go listen to our episode on that fantastic film if you Great w- movie. want to hear our whole thoughts on that. Uh, but, like, that's obviously something that's intentionally trying to do it, but... This is doing it, I feel, by complete accident, and as a result, it makes me feel uncomfortable in ways that aren't, like, that, that aren't particular. Like, it's powerful, but like I say, it's not skillful. Uh huh. You know, it, it's. But yeah, it is. It is still uncomfortable, and it is. It is difficult as a human being, albeit a human being who is willing to admit that in various cases I am a hypocrite. You know, I will talk out against the animal cruelty in this film. And yet I'll still eat animals because, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a hypocrite. What can I say? Uh, but, yeah, it's it's difficult for a film that is by, you know, pretty much any measure that I would look at it as a work of art, as a finished product. You know, animal cruelty aside, I would mostly say this is pretty good. This gets its message across, but I can't excuse how it was done. And it's 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 difficult. It's just it's it's a difficult fucking movie, uh, and no, you know it's a tough movie, and not one that's easy to to dissect. But at the same time, it definitely I don't think is one that should be ignored. It's it's one that even if not watched needs to be discussed. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you need to you it, you need to have the context behind what it's trying to say and you need to have the context of how it was made in mind before you watch it and you need to then sit down with a therapist and go over <laughs> it. It's it's and it's definitely a film whose just dis- the discussions of it are definitely more interesting than actually watching it as much yeah. as I think that it's you know when it's not being hypocritical I think it's quite well made. It is it's definitely a film whose yeah, it's the discussion is more interesting than the film. Definitely, yeah. as, as seems to be the case with, I don't even know, films of this ilk, notorious media. We'll say, <laughs> it's I always find that the Mator- notorious M E I D A. Nope, I got that wrong. What M E D I A? It's my favorite competitive eater. Notorious <laughs> M E D I A. Yes, of course. Um, I'm a film student, and I just misspelt the word media. <laughs> um, I don't know what I was saying anymore. I have a headache. You were talking about notorious media. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I just often find that the actual kind of discussions that follow these things... Yeah, like you said, always seems to be in- infinitely more interesting than the actual subject matter. Mm-hmm. How's about... A mailbag? A mailbag! Cool. You want to log into the podcast account there, 
buddy boy. Okay. 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 Oh man, what a what a lively episode. <laughs> maybe don't watch the movie. No, maybe not. Um, it's the mailbag. That's Titanic fan. Oh yeah, we need to talk about Jack Dawson oh, yeah. this episode. Jack Dawson, he's so dreamy. He is. Uh, he'll protect it. <laughs> Go follow Titanic Fan ninety seven on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube, and tell him a free bean salad sent you. <laughs> It's the mailbag. Uh, we've got a single question this week. Oh, goody. How are you? Oh, wait. I should read their name first. I don't normally do this. <clears throat> Our one and only question comes from Screaming Mad Joe, who says, How are you celebrating Liz finally being gone? And then in brackets, sorry if this gets you in trouble, lol. Okay, uh, so for those of you listening at home, we are recording this the day after Queen Elizabeth II uh, passed away, uh, and as is, yeah, it's it's, uh, well, so so she she's she's passed as I just said, uh, and we are uh, uh, do you do you follow Jedward on Twitter? I don't, but you should. They're they're <laughs> they've been posting some interesting <laughs> stuff. Over the past they, couple, they, they've couple been very, hours. They've been very political in the last few years. Um, Which, you know what? God bless them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we are Irish. Uh, the, the both of us. Yes, yes. Uh, and so, you know, there is obviously a history of the British, and in particular the royal family, overseeing some amount of colonialization and uh, persecution of the Irish. Uh, and so a lot of Irish people... Uh, are uh, taking the time to celebrate her demise, uh, uh, seeing it as, you know, as she is the, uh, well, was the longest reigning monarch in the history of the United Kingdom, I do believe. Yes, that is uh, correct. 70 years of service. So, you know, people seeing it as almost kind of a symbolic, or even though obviously it will continue, a symbolic end to uh, uh, a sort of a, a long, you know, obviously a long period of history. And, uh, you know, a lot of people all for abolishing the monarchy, which uh, I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a lot of people seeing this as maybe maybe a nail in the coffin, and so a lot of people celebrating that. Uh, you know, I. You know, don't want to ever celebrate someone having died. That's that's not on. I don't think. But uh, you know, be however rich or powerful they may be. Uh, that being said, I am. Go I will celebrate the potential destruction of the British monarchy Amen. Uh, as you know potentially symbolized by Elizabeth's death uh, I feel like I've put that as diplomatically as I can uh, may I say something please I think you can tell a lot about a country by their national anthem. Why is it that every time you have to do something funny, it's something I have to cut out for legal reasons? <laughs> you don't have to cut it out. Try it. Leave it in. See what happens. The wolf tones, um, I'm sure they're cool with it. I'll at least have to distort it a little. 
<laughs> that's that's good. Add some add some bass, add some reverb. Uh, bass and reverb are the bread and butter of creating unsettling noises. Uh, <laughs> you could tell a lot about a country by their national anthem. Uh, what you just heard was Aura Naveen, it's the Irish national anthem, uh, and within the lyrics of that song, it's, it's it, in some respects it's a call to arms, uh, but in other respects it is like a song about what it means to be Irish, and in the first verse of that song there's even a lyric um, which roughly translates to, although originally the song was written in English, but... Uh, you know, the, yeah, the language we've been historically <laughs> forced to speak by the monarchy. Yes. Uh, it was only later translated into uh, Gaelga in, I think, the mid-1920s. Uh, but one of the lyrics... The, the message of it being um, not all Irish people are necessarily from Ireland. People that make up this country come from all sorts of places, and we can come together as one and have this beautiful land. Um, the United Kingdom, well, I should say England, their national anthem is God Save Our Queen. I don't think I need to say much more. We didn't really answer the question. The question was, what are we doing to celebrate? We just we just explained the situation, really. Uh, I'm not doing really anything to celebrate because... Uh, she isn't. It wasn't my monarch, uh, and I don't see why I should really care uh, inherently about another country's head of state dying. Like you know, people dying sucks. It's not. It's not my person to grieve or to celebrate. I don't really. You know, without wishing to sound inhuman about another person dying, I don't really care. I might have a whiskey. Fair enough. Uh, Irish whiskey. Uh, Ishkaba. Do you know? Do you know what the the, the so Ishkaba? That is mm-hmm. Irish for whiskey, and literal translation is life water. See, I thought whiskey was more of a Scottish thing. Ishkaba. Yeah, literally Scotch whiskey. Mm. Like you know, look, there's a there's a healthy Irish whiskey culture also. I mean, that's true enough. And also, I'm a okay with Scotland. Yeah, Scot- Scotland. And I... Scotland's cool. Scotland's a Scotland's a neat little country, uh, yeah. I've I've only been to Edinburgh, but it's a nice city. I've only <laughs> ever been there during the festival. Uh, we, I'd love to go there some other time when there's not you know thousands of people there. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a very beautiful city. Shame it's all fucking... uphill. <laughs> you walk up a hill, you turn around to walk back down, and you find yourself going up again. It's the darndest thing. It's it's it it defies science. It's like those cities where there's. Just people, some people who can hear just a, a, a low frequency hum, yeah. and no one can explain it. It's just, it's it's like that. It's just one of those unexplained natural phenomena that people just don't really try to explain. No, there's parts of Dublin where you get those hums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's our only question. That's our only question. So okay, so he might have a whiskey. <laughs> I I won't celebrate. Uh, I I just I just you know that is, uh, and just to clarify, this isn't me. Uh, not attempting to show solidarity to my fellow Irishman. It really is just me not giving much of a shit. Uh, so our first patron is Andy Kinsella. <laughs>
Mannequin's love. Our second patron is Mrs. H. And our third patron is Joey Rudd. If you want your name read out in the session, go to patreon.com forward slash free bean salad pod. That is the worst free donate one euro or more per month. If you do that, you get your name read out every single episode. Uh, what? Or if you don't want your name read out just and want to give us money, you can do that too. And just tell us, hey, don't, don't read my name out and we will... We will just say, also, an anonymous benefactor. Ooh, uh, the mystery of it. Which has, hasn't happened yet. These three people are the only... Anyway, uh, so go do go do that, or donate more. Donate more, you get more rewards. Five euros or more per month. You get to join our exclusive Discord channel. Any, any, any more than that, you get other rewards that I have forgotten. Uh, because, you know what, I've never had cause to remember them, because nobody gives us money. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry, just a very emotional way. Uh, should we move on to the hint? <laughs> Your hint for next week. <laughs> yes, please. Your hint for next week is uh, marriage story. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, I, sh- I I would like to uh, also say uh, I I should have brought it up before, but I really liked uh, the the cannibal holocaust hint. It was a real. It was very, very, very clever because it's former ste- porn star and a naked woman on a pole. Yeah, yeah, completely steered me in the wrong direction. Very good and utterly accurate. Yes, yes. Uh, Chucky Erla. Uh, I don't know what that means, but goodbye. <laughs>